For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Etheridge. And folks, we're going to talk some CWS today. That's exciting times. We have a great field. Uh, We'll obviously focus on the SEC portion of it, but just generally an extremely fun College World Series field. Really looking forward to getting it started. Uh, But first, before we do any of that, I have to let you know that this episode of Highway to Hoover and every episode of Highway to Hoover is brought to you by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. Extremely grateful to those guys for the event we held during the SEC tournament. Looking forward to doing it again. Thank you to all who made the trip out there and said hello. Uh, Let's jump into it, Mark. I am sitting in a hotel room uh, with a beautiful uh, parking garage view in downtown Omaha. Uh, Mark is in beautiful Mobile, Alabama. Um, we're going to be kind of doing a, uh, tag team effort in, 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 covering this thing, which spoiler alert, we haven't exactly worked out what all we're going to do, but Hey, I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be compelling. Um, Mark, what do you, uh, just quickly before we dive into anything too specific, what, uh, what is your just kind of overall reaction to this CWS field? Am I being too prisoner of the moment when I say that this feels like I've said on radio a couple of times this week that. This is the best CWS field that I can remember in recent years. I'm sure there are others that rival it, but man, when you talk about the star power, yeah. you've got teams that are scalding hot right now, you know, TCU, Tennessee, Oral Roberts for that matter. You've also got the Cinderella story in Oral Roberts, which is always nice as something to kind of um, give you something a little different, especially because we haven't had one of those in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's that. It just feels like a really strong field, no matter how you want to define that. Yeah, I, it is. I, I would agree with what you said. There are four national seeds that made it, or four top eight, you know, but then none from nine to 16, which is kind of different, right? Um, so that's interesting. I mean, typically you have three to five of the top eight make it there. So it's we're, we're right on par there, but it's that next group of teams that, you know, usually are well, well represented and they aren't this year. So that's kind of interesting to me. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of star power. I mean, both from a pro prospects and, you know, all America list and, you know, player of the year, all of those kinds of things. Uh, a lot of those guys are still playing. And then you have your ultimate Cinderella. I mean, we don't get four seeds in, in Omaha very often. We've had it, what, three times? So, um that you know, Stony Brook and Fresno State. So that that's interesting, especially a team that's as hot as they are, just playing so well. Um, at some point, you have to feel like, you know, it, it strikes midnight for Cinderella. But, you know, I would have kind of expected it to happen before now. And here they are. They're still playing. So a lot, a lot of cool stuff to focus on. 
Yeah, that when they when they lose the game to Oregon that they lost to start that super yeah. regional, I kind of thought, okay, you know, mm-hmm. that was a good run, but they kind of needed to win from. that game. Yeah, yeah, just like emotionally and mm-hmm. all, you know all of that. You're on the road, so what they did just incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you, and you know, uh, I would compare Or Roberts. So the other four seeds, Fresno State obviously won it all, but I think mm-hmm. we even in the moment those people who have been following it kind of understood, Hey, this was a top 25 ish team all year that just kind of underachieved for most of the season. Mm. But I would compare this or Roberts team to Stony Brook in this way that I think because the name was Stony Brook. And in this case, because the name is Oral Roberts, which, you know, good program, people who follow college baseball know that, but we kind of underestimate the talent and just kind of assume, Hey, plucky underdog playing, mm. you know, just kind of playing above its head right now. And maybe some of that is true, but what became really clear with Stony Brook, especially when they took down LSU in the box, was, oh, this team is actually really talented. They had a big leaguer in Travis Jankowski in their lineup, yeah. right? And, like, it remains to be seen if Cade Denton becomes a big leaguer for Oral yeah. Roberts, but, like, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> like, he might be the best reliever left in the field, non-Wake Forest division, mm-hmm. maybe. Um and then they got Jonah Cox who has this long hitting streak and is like, and they've got guys that have power five experience. I mean, Matt Hogan, who's been at Vanderbilt and South Carolina is on this team. So they've got some raw talent. Uh, anyway, we, you know, we'll get to the sec specifics now, but I just, I wanted to touch on that because it does feel like a particularly fun mm-hmm. uh, field. Uh, they're all fun. I can talk myself into literally any college world series field you throw at me, but, but this one, I don't, I don't need to be talked into any part of this. Yeah. Um, so that, that's exciting. One quick other news note before we jump into SEC College World Series stuff. I should have done this at the very top, top, but I got carried away, got excited, started talking about the field. But um, Alabama hired Rob Vaughn, Maryland's head coach. Right after you and I just got talking about, yeah, it seems kind of inevitable Jason Jackson's going to be the guy. Uh, And sure enough, Greg Byrne kind of pulls a rabbit out of his hat, if you will. It seems like on paper to me, and and then I'll toss this over to you, Mark, as the the local Mm -hmm. expert, if you will. It seems to me like this is a, as long as it's a harmonious relationship and, and JJ wanted to come back in that role, um, and it seems like it is, you mm-hmm. know, we'll see though. As long as that is is true, it seems like kind of a home run situation where you bring in a proven head coach uh, who won a lot of games at a place where, frankly, it's hard to win big like he has. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you get to keep the guy who helped build a super regional club and coached a super regional club uh, on as your pitching coach, associate head coach, um, all that stuff. That, that seems like a dream situation um, given, you know, given the, 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 the options they had. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of a couple of thoughts here. Um, Greg Byrne had made this decision some time ago, apparently. Um, sounds like he had, he had his eyes on Vaughn and, I mean, had really made a decision uh, well before this run that Alabama made uh, under JJ. So, so I wonder, you know, as JJ keeps winning, at what point does does that math change, or does it? Do you even if he wins the whole thing, do you still not keep him because you made a commitment, right? So I don't know. We'll never know. But I, I do think that, you know. W- what Rob Vaughn has is one, he's, he's young, he's energetic, but he's also experienced. And usually those two things don't go together. Okay. So he, he's a proven head coach in, in his mid thirties. 
So you just don't, you know, the, there's not a lot of not not a lot of those guys out there. I think he's a year younger than me, actually, which wow, I I hate because I'm extremely young, as you're yeah, aware, obviously. So <laughs> the the other thing is, you know, you I've talked to I don't know how many coaches, 25 years of covering SEC baseball. I think I've talked to every every SEC head coach, and without a doubt, when one comes in from from outside the league, they always mentioned, "I thought I knew what I was getting into." but I did not. Okay. So there is a learning curve and, and it's different every place, you know, based on your own situation and experiences. However, one of the big things typically mentioned is just how fast things move. And I'm not just talking about on the field, but I'm talking about all the peripheral things that a head coach has to do. And, and that just continues to ramp up in this, in this age of volatility that we're in now with, you know, rosters flipping every year. So it's I think it's an even tougher job, not to mention the on the field stuff where obviously this is the best team, I mean, best conference and and everyone's good. Uh, so having someone who in that seat who can speak that speak that language and understand the nuances of of the job, at least from the number two spot and for a little while in the number one spot is invaluable. Okay, and we'll see what he does with the rest of the staff. But, but having someone who one knows knows Alabama, uh, knows the SEC, and 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 also is that steadying presence as we saw um, that can only help during a transition. Now, the other part of this is do do is Alabama able to keep some of their young talent? Um, we saw today Colby Shelton entered the transfer portal. Um, he may not be the last one, right? It, it's it's certainly a, a a great market for freshmen, um, all America types, to go out and, and test their test their worth. So we'll, we'll see how that how that uh, transpires. But you know, you you would hope, you know, if you're Alabama, that keeping a guy who had such a successful run down the stretch that all the players seem to really respect and admire that 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 that, that only helps. Uh, with, with this situation, you would think, yeah. I mean, it, I, I would be surprised. I mean, never say never on anything, but I would I would be surprised if we see a big exodus for that reason from mm -hmm. Alabama. Maybe maybe especially on the pitching side, right? Yeah. Um, this won't be a Wichita State or Wichita State yeah, thirty one right. players or whatever it was in the portal. Um, this won't be that. I don't anticipate. But but Shelton is is a big name. Like if, if there's one guy on the. <laughs> You know, maybe the answer was actually Luke Holman. I don't know, but mm -hmm. if there's one guy on the roster that you, if you, if this was like an expansion draft and you could protect guys, mm -hmm. if Colby Shelton wasn't number one, he's probably number two, yeah. right? So um, that's tough, but we'll see. I mean, the door I'm sure is not closed on that. So perhaps Rob Vaughn, a very good recruiter, uh, can do a little re-recruiting of of that guy, or or maybe maybe you know that's already been done and, it, and what's done is done and he's moving on. We will find out in due time. Mm -hmm. All right, Mark, what do you say? We, we talk a little bit about the teams left standing in the sec yeah. in the college world series. How's that sound? Works for me. All right. Um, so we've got three, we've got Florida, LSU and Tennessee. Uh, Florida is by itself from an sec standpoint. And what I would call the, look, there's no soft bracket in the college world series. Mm -hmm. Let's let me be clear about that. However, mm -hmm. They're in the bracket with Oral Roberts, TCU, and Virginia. 
Now they drew Virginia to start, and that's the toughest draw, I would say, of the teams that they could have possibly got in that bracket. But if you're Florida, I certainly, I certainly like the Gators' chances, not just from the bracket standpoint, but also just the way they're playing, the talent, all of that stuff, pitching. I like their chances certainly more so than I would like Tennessee and LSU for those reasons. I feel like this is a team, I said this on the preview podcast that I did with Kendall Aaron and Runes, that it feels like they have more runway than any team in this field, meaning if they get into the loser's bracket, if they lose to Virginia, mm-hmm. that's that's a bummer. But I they could I I think they could come back through that loser's bracket and not really have to break a sweat. Yeah. Like I think that's built for that. Yeah. Right. I mean, we saw what Cade Fisher did in the regional, right? Mm-hmm. Like and, and maybe that's a one off, but it does show what he's capable of. So okay, that's a fourth starter you feel pretty good about, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, long story short, for bracket reasons, for talent reasons, for pitching reasons. I feel pretty good about Florida in that understanding anything can happen. I feel pretty good about Florida in that bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Um, you have to like how they pitch down the stretch. Uh, rotation's been kind of up and down, you know, at times, but it's up right now. And that's the question of, especially with Waldrop. I mean, he was so good. Really, his last two starts, he's been, been, been what you want. And I think that's that's going to be the thing. Uh, getting off to a great start is important for everyone, but maybe for what you mentioned, maybe not as important for Florida just because they have so much depth. I, I like TCU in this as, as the, the, mm. the second team. Um, just the way that they played uh, at Fayetteville, that, I mean, you go into Fayetteville, no one wins in Fayetteville. We saw that in the SEC. Um, and for them to dominate that, that region the way they did. Yeah, they, they just ran Arkansas off the field. Yeah, they did. So yeah. that may, maybe I'm prisoner of the moment here, but that just I can't get past that. So I, I do th- I do like them. If I'm picking a Final Four, uh, no offense to the other two teams, obviously they could they could both do it, but I would have Florida and TCU as my finalist in this bracket. I think that you know, especially from the logistics standpoint, right? If Florida beats Virginia, that puts Virginia in a tough spot. So from that logistics standpoint, I think I'm with you. I do have concerns about TCU past their first starter, and this isn't a Big 12 podcast, so we won't do too much of a deep dive, but my, my cliff notes on TCU is Cole Klecker, their their top starter, is really the only guy who's taken the ball, and, and he hasn't even taken the ball every weekend, but he, he's their only guy who's come anywhere close to that. And he was he's been he's been very good. He was great last weekend against Indiana State. Okay, let's assume he's that, which is not we don't know that, but what do you got past him? Right. And so it almost feels like one of those things where TCU's best path is let's just, you know, we're going to throw Klecker in game one and it's whether he's good or bad. We're just going to, he's going to give us a hundred pitches. Mm-hmm. And if, if it's seven innings, fine. If it's five innings, bummer. If it's more than that, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's five runs, if it's two runs, it, just whatever. Right. And then take everybody else and just stock them up for game two. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially when you consider that if you, you're that you're going to be facing Florida or Virginia. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter if you win or you lose, you're going to face one of those right. two teams. And that's just a tough, a tough task. So that's my only question about TCU is how much pitching do they have to, to hold them up? It, it, that seems like a team that's really important for them to stay in the winner's bracket. If they're going to, if they're going to do this thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Other bracket. Um, 
LSU and Tennessee facing off against each other. Yeah. And that, so that's Saturday night. And that might be, I was talking to Chris Burke earlier today. Nate, that's a, that's a name drop for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to, <laughs> to Chris Burke earlier today. And he said, that might be like the most electric atmosphere in the history of this ballpark, the Charles Schwab field. And this like, I, you know, right. Cause Nebraska's yeah. never played in it yet. Right. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I don't have the type of like memory to be able to tell him, you know, I was like, you know, might be right because I, you know, I can't, I certainly, at least off the top of my head, mm-hmm. cannot think of a time that a game that would have been more so, but we know LSU fans are going to turn out because they always do. And also there's a little bit of pent up demand. It's been a few years since mm-hmm. the Tigers have been here. And, you know, I think the Tennessee fan base, has kind of caught on to this whole baseball thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And they've been, you know, kind of, they're traveling. Teams, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that that has a real chance to be, I mean, it's going to be a great just con- game, you know, it's schemes mm-hmm. against, you know, Lindsay or Dolan. Yeah. I think that'll be fascinating too. Yeah. We, we had that debate on the other podcast and I think we kind of all agreed that Dolander is maybe the better choice but I wouldn't be surprised if they go Lindsay. And, and here's why I say that is because it's not just that Lindsay has been effective on Fridays, but you, you saw the quotes coming out of, of Tennessee, specifically Tony Vitello, when Lindsay took over on Fridays, he, you know, you heard him say things like we needed his courage on Fridays. We needed his leadership on Friday. And I'm paraphrasing some of this, although mm-hmm. courage, I for sure, for sure remember him saying courage, Yeah, but, there was more to it than just the performance on the mound that they liked about him on Friday. And so I wonder if loyalty is not really the right word, but just out of kind of yeah. some sort of feeling of like, chemistry. Hey, this is, yeah. yeah. This has been our guy. This has been our guy all year um, on Fridays. Like let's not mess with it. Let's throw him out there in game one, because this is our guy. He, we play well behind him, et cetera, et cetera. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do go to Lindsay, even if I understand that I might like, well, from a a viewing perspective, I want Dolander and Skeens. (laughs) But if I was choosing for Tennessee, I think I might also want Dolander in that, in that matchup, which is not to say that Lindsay's been a bum, but you know what I mean? Well, I mean, Dolander and Beam were both really good this weekend. I mean, Dolander had the one bad, basically gave up the home run. That that was the the big deal with Southern Miss. And then he, Retired eighteen out of nineteen until they took him out in the ninth. I mean, he was he was really good. And Beam was probably better than him, honestly, um, in, in the in the Monday game. So Lindsey would be the third, and it wasn't that he pitched badly, but he he he's been better than 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 how he was in that game. So I don't know, man. I, I, if it's me, I, and I'm facing Paul Skeens, I realize my margin for error is really small. And I'm rolling the dice with the guy who can put up zeros because that's what it's going to take against that LSU lineup because you don't expect you're going to score a whole lot. So, that you know, not my call, but it's whoever you feel matches up best with LSU and can and can keep you in that low-scoring game until you can outlast schemes and hope you can get him out with pitch count, you know, seventh inning or so. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. 
You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Here's an interesting thing on LSU. We've talked so much about their <clears throat> about their pitching. You know, I saw last weekend, and okay, it's Kentucky. It's not the most dynamic offense. Good offense, but not a dynamic, you know, really going to put up crooked numbers type of offense. Mm-hmm. But the bullpen was great. Now, they didn't need it with schemes, right? Not much anyway. The game was in hand. They threw Blake money for an inning and two-thirds or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the second game, Riley Cooper was great. Gavin Guidry was great. And so here's a little stat courtesy of Pat James, who is, uh, you know, works with us on some of the, the data stuff here at D1 Baseball. In the 20 games after Garrett Edwards suffered what proved to be a season-ending elbow injury, LSU's bullpen posted a 7.23 ERA in 88 and a third innings. Hmm. Over the last 12 games, however, the Tigers relievers have logged a 380 ERA in 47 and a third. Yeah. So about half the sample size, but a pretty significant sample size. 47 and a third innings isn't nothing. 12 games isn't nothing. And they've been a lot better. So that that part, I, you know, to me what it is, is that LSU has decided who their guys are, and it's either going to be good enough or it's not. And right now, lately, it's been good enough. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Now, they're going to be facing a real gauntlet in their bracket to get out of there because I, I guess I should give you the rest of the bracket. But, you know, oh, by the way, Wake Forest is over there and also Stanford, mm-hmm. who is – one of the better offenses in the field. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a tough set of games kind of regardless yeah. how it goes. Like mm-hmm. no matter who they face, it's going to be an, a challenge for their pitching staff, which is part of what makes it intriguing. Mm-hmm. I do think that, you know, Floyd is such a high upside guy that, you know, he can shut down any of those lineups or he could get knocked out in the third inning, you know, and then, and LSU is one of those teams that, while Thatcher Hurd has pitched well, I don't know who would start, you know, a fourth game, right? Um, 
you know, we've talked about Florida had some options. I, I don't think LSU really wants to go that route. So they need to they need to manage this so they can use those same three starters. And to do that, uh, that means one, you got to stick around, but but two, you, you you can't drop a game early. If you drop one, it needs to be late. So I do think that their offense it's it's really fascinating. I mean, you can say this about Wake Forest. You can say this about LSU, you can say this about Tennessee as well, and maybe even Stanford, that, that whole bracket. Really home run heavy offenses that and that are that can be dependent on it. And it's been such an offensive year. How was this ballpark gonna play? Okay, it's a pitcher's park, make no mistake. It's this this year's been more offensive. Maybe it maybe it plays offensive too. You know, a lot of these guys can can hit it out of any ballpark. So but, but I do think that's something to watch, that, that you need to win different ways, uh, in a, typically in, a, in this ballpark. And can they do it? Because a lot of these, you know, long fly balls that, that slide over the fence in home ballparks are not going to do that here. Okay, so what does that mean? Maybe, maybe these offenses are so good it doesn't matter. But um, I don't know. I, I think, I think that's, that's a really fun storyline to watch. Uh, the other thing with LSU is, is defensively, they've been okay. They've been better than they were last year. They're they're not. That's not a I would call a strength. Okay, um, behind the plate, I mean, he's Travinsky is an offensive guy. Okay, Trey Morgan's great at first, but other than that, there's some, you know, there's just a lot of okay. Okay, so does that matter you know, in this ballpark? balls get put in play you know if you're striking everybody out it maybe it negates it but if you're not um that that's an interesting thing to watch with, with the tigers i do think you know with uh we've been hoping to get a wake forest lsu matchup you know for most of the year these have been the the number one teams in the country for most of the year one of them has been right so we could get that um it may be in a loser's bracket, but we could certainly get it in the winner's bracket. Um, and but I think we were all hoping for for Skeens and Louder, um, and maybe we might have to wait on that. That could be later in the week. Yeah, fingers fingers crossed on that for mm-hmm. sure. A, first of all, I, I think the ballpark will play offensive. The last couple of years, it, it hasn't been the graveyard mm-hmm. that it had historically been, and part of that is because the – college baseball generally has been like, I got, I got asked today on radio about, you know, last year Ole Miss was the first team to ever win a national title in a season in which they hit a hundred or more home runs in this, in, I assume the host was talking about just the Charles Schwab field Mm -hmm. uh, era. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think that's mostly a function of the fact that there used to only be one or two teams that hit a hundred home runs a year. Yeah. Now there are, I haven't looked this year, but I assume there's more than a dozen, uh, 15, 20, maybe, um, regardless. So I think it's just the, so I I do think it'll play more, more offensive, but there are a couple teams, you know, obviously Lindsey Nelson stadium in Knoxville, you, you do get some home runs there that wouldn't be home runs in a lot of other places. Mm -hmm. Uh, the couch in Winston Salem, a lot of home runs there that wouldn't be home runs in other places. Now, you know, it doesn't matter when, Brock Wilkin hits them. Those tend to go yeah. well far enough. Blake Burke, when he gets a hold of one, there's no ballpark holding him. Right. But th- that will be, I-, I agree with you. That is an interesting subplot. 
another subplot, unfortunately, not nearly as fun, is that Saturday's weather looks not great. And so I was going to kind of make a a joke about, man, what, what does Wake Forest got to do to get a prime time slot? You win, mm-hmm. you lose 10 games all year and you're playing the day game, but that's just because you've got LSU and Tennessee in the night, yeah. you know, on the slate Massive. too. Right. Um, but given the weather, that might be the better slot to play in, honestly, just because mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't look apocalyptically bad, but it's, it's kind of one of those summer days where there's a, at least kind of a coin flips chance of a thunderstorm pretty much all day, um, which, you know, you and I are both pretty familiar with considering we just spent last weekend in Baton Rouge and Hattiesburg. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty familiar. I understand what that feels like. So, you know, just like in regional weekend, when the host clubs want to play early, I think Wake Forest might actually, even though they might feel like, Hey, you know, what, what do we got to do to get in the primetime game? In this case, it might actually work out to their favor that they're going to try to, that they get that game in earlier as opposed to waiting around at the ballpark all night. We'll, ha- we'll have to see, but that might uh, end up being a, a positive. Yeah, and you and you just hope it's not a situation where you go out and you play three innings and then you get delayed till the next day and you burn your your pitchers. Yeah. So especially because you know if we get a, a you know a Skeens Dolander matchup and then they go three innings, uh, that's I mean that's a crime. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it's, I, I just looked up the weather again. It's like between a 33 and 60% chance of rain from like 9 a.m. until like 9 p.m. or something like it's just one oh, of it's all day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's going to, I'm almost, I'm just resigned to the fact that at some point we're going to get a delay. You just hope that mm-hmm. it's one of those deals where it, it happens. And once it's over, it's over, but mm-hmm. obviously we yeah. will find out. Well, one, one more thing on LSU, Tennessee, Yeah, they played earlier in Baton Rouge and I was fortunate enough to be down there for that series. It was, uh, and that Thursday night game was one of the best games of the season. It was, it, it was great, um, and it was Skeens and Dolander that night. And it was really tight game. And then LSU broke it up in late. Then the crowd played it played a factor in that. So what happens here? It's a neutral site, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of purple and gold. There'll be a lot of orange, and there'll be a lot of locals. And 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 I do think fans of other teams will want this. Will be one they'll want to see. So who who is who who will the fans of neither team pull for in this? You have Tennessee who was, you know, so polarizing last year. This is a different team, uh, much more likable to to the general population, I would imagine. Um, and then you have LSU who's big bad LSU who's who's been number one and who, you know, got all these players from the portal when there was a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter about that too. So who do they pull for? Who do you think, Joe? I think, I mean, it'll be, I think it'll be a, a smattering of each, but I, I would guess LSU. I think, especially for the locals, there's so much. I dropped my bat. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark has a prop that, you know, he's, he's turning into a prop comic where he's, he's doing bits for the viewing audience. Yeah. I got, I, I got to use it where I can, man. Is that for self-defense? Is that why that's in there? It could be. You know, I'm, I've been making some bad picks lately, and people are upset. <laughs> you say you're making bad picks, but for those who don't know, Mark is running away with our picks contest at d1baseball.com. Like you're, I think I think I'm actually in second, but you're four or five games ahead of me. So, and I'm still unpopular, catching grief for everyone I miss. Well, that's right. Everybody's like, oh, I'm keeping receipts, as if like we're going to get 100 percent right all the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, regardless, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, the 
people pulling for oh, right, right, right. Tennessee. I, yeah. I just think there's so much history with LSU in Omaha mm-hmm. that yeah. I, I do think there are a path. You may have told me this at some point, but there, there are just like a patch of LSU fans in Omaha just yeah. because they, they, they were here so them. often. Yeah. And they, yeah, exactly. So I would guess LSU, but yeah. that's the thing about it. It's going to be hard to tell mm-hmm. because, you know, there's going to be so many LSU fans who came up from Louisiana anyway. So it's right. like, how can we, how can we really find out? But I, I would guess more of them would be riding with LSU just given the program's history and kind of relationship with the city over whatever it's been now, 40 years. So yeah. that would, that's, that's, uh, that's my guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, certainly we, we, we know the, the just neutral fan favorite will be Oral Roberts just yeah. because that Underdog. tends to be the way that goes. Mm-hmm. That will be the popular hat at, uh, you know, the, uh, the dugout that just, uh, the Oral Roberts hat. We'll see the, how, how quickly that one sells, but, or if they even, ha- you know, that, that might be a hat that <laughs> they might not have that many of because it's had to put a uh, rush on them. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So maybe later in the week or, or whatever, but, uh, okay. Well that feels comprehensive there. Uh, a big, what, two weeks now ahead of us. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, quickly. Uh, I, I can't, speaking of picks, can't let us off the hook. I mean, if, 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 People listen to the preview show that that Kendall Aaron Runes and I did. You will know my prediction already, but I have Wake coming out of one bracket. I have Florida coming out of the other. I have Florida winning the national title. Mark, would you care to uh, go ahead and throw your uh, your choices out there? Yeah, I like Florida to win it. Win it. Uh, I have Florida advancing over TCU in one bracket, and I have LSU advancing over Wake Forest in the other. And you're having a an LSU Florida. Basically a rematch of what year was it they, they played it was in the 17. final? 17, 17, yeah. 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 So uh that, that that's interesting, I think. I, you know, I'm really tempted to go wake here, but the number one team just doesn't always win it. And I've just kind of got this I don't know, this eerie feeling that this won't be the year that it changes. That the best team for the course of the year is not the team that's gonna that's gonna have the final dog pile. Yeah, I mean, certainly history is on your side on that one, mm-hmm. uh, right up until it's not. So, because right. right. <laughs> eventually a number one seed, this is a, a hot, right. this is a hot take. Eventually, the number one overall <laughs> seed will win another national title. You I'm mean gonna the go best team's and... going to win it? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, yes. Oh. Uh, history that worm has to turn eventually. Yeah. You would think. So, um, and I like Wake to get close. You know, I really like this Wake team. I do think there is, and look, if they get to the final, it means they play pretty well here. Right? Yeah. There's, but. I do think there is something to being kind of a first-timer. And, and there's a lot of first-timers on every one of these teams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, including LSU and Florida, right? Because those are two teams mm-hmm. that haven't been back in, you know, four or five years. Yeah, three, three four. four years, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, I, you know, but Wake has the kind of weight of history on it, right? Whereas LSU and Florida, the coaches have been there. The program has been there. It's the, it's the standard. It's all that kind of stuff. And they expect to be there. I mean, with Wake, I mean, you'd like to say you expect to get there every year, but this is their opportunity. Right. And, and there, I think there's a different pressure to that, whether or not Mm -hmm. they would, they would admit that or even realize it consciously. I think there's a different pressure to that. So I I could see it, but uh, I like them to get to the final. I just really like Florida's talent. I really like the way they're playing. That's, that's the team that we both have winning the national title. So uh, apologies. Apologies in advance, Florida fans. But you know what? Honestly, if Mark's picking you, you have to feel pretty good about it with the way his picks have gone this year. So normally I would be self-deprecating 
and say, hey, that means you've got no shot. But you know what, Mark? You've been you've been really good on the picks this year. So I think if you're a Gator fan, you should feel pretty doggone good about that. Conversely, yeah, we'll I, I think that's the way they should feel about it. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of it. We will see. They will decide it on the field. It all gets started here. By the time you listen to this, it all gets started in a little more than, than 24 hours. So can't wait to get that going. Plenty of coverage to come at SEC Extra. Obviously, we'll have coverage of the games. Um, you know, I'm out here for the practice day that they have the day before the thing starts. So I'm going to try to scrounge some stuff up and see if we can throw some extras your way. Mark and I am sure we'll podcast again before this thing is over at some point. We'll have to figure out when exactly that is, but we will figure it out. I promise you. So we'll be back kind of mid series to recap what's happened and to look ahead with what's left. So you'll have that to look forward to just, just plenty of stuff over at, at D one baseball and sec extra more specifically. Thank you listeners for listening. Thanks to Brock's gap brewing company as always for sponsoring this and every highway to Hoover. Thanks to Mark for joining me. We'll talk to y'all soon. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.